Hello, and welcome to the Brian Diaries, where my pals and I get together and talk about subjects dealing with our favorite tabletop role-playing setting, the world of darkness. While we may not be subject matter experts on the game lines, we have a passion that has led us to create and share actual plays with you all. Eventually we thought, well shit, we might as well take a stab at a podcast, and here you go. Each episode we will have a guest content creator to join us to talk about whatever subject is on the table. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. So here we go. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Brian Diaries. I'm back. These motherfuckers have me for dead. It is so insane. Listen. For all you who think this podcasting actual play shit is just a game, this is more than just a game. This is a lifestyle. This has been like a spiritual journey of mine. I've been like diving into the depths of my mind and of my soul and of writers and black magic artists just to find like the, to truly dig into my utmost potential so I can help out Twin Cities by Night giving you all who are listening the best that we can do but sometimes that drives me into doing some pretty dark things to get there and as you all well know cold brew is the is the ether of our group it is a substance in which we mold our existence from and i found ways to like to get it into my system quicker than drinking i don't want to go too many details some of them are kind of nasty uh but one of the things that I thought I would do to elevate my game when it came to cold brew consumption and thus expanding my mind to become the best actual play podcaster that I can be was I decided to inject it into my eyes. I thought, well, you know, I'll put it into the white of my eyeballs. I will go ahead and make them pitch black and I'll see the dark secrets in the universe. Instead, I almost died. And it led to this big, almost Avengers Assemble moment with all the gang members of Twin Cities by night. Andrew came from Texas on a horse and threw me on the back of the horse and said he's getting me out of the negative environment that Phoenix, Arizona is. And a black mass was assembled. The gang was able to bring me back to life with a cold brew enema. It was kind of messy at the end there, but I have never as felt as light as I feel now and ready to go. Welcome back, everyone. We are here to the Brian Dyson. I'm so stoked to be back. And uh, today, I'm not joined by Andrew. He's exhausted. Um, he's probably hung over from celebrating his birthday. Happy birthday, Andrew. Love you, bro. But today, again, I am joined by Mitch, the man of many voices. You see him on plenty of our stuff. Now he's running his own game, Demon in the Fallen Fragments. What's up, Mitch? How are you doing, bro? I'm not doing too bad. It's been a very busy day. Today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It has been. We were supposed to record like, uh, holy shit, 37 minutes ago, but something came up with Mitch and it's fine. Usually, you know, um, if you guys don't know, Mitch has a bad hookers and uh, cocaine problem. So usually it's like cleaning up a mess or two and it's fine. I mean, who am I to judge? I shot cold brew up uh, in my eyes and ended up getting it up my butt, which is not cool. So we, you know, we had to do what we had to do, man. It's a lifestyle choice. It's a lifestyle. Well, people don't realize the sacrifice that we do. Because, I mean, we're pretty much artists, right? And every artist has to have some kind of, like, substance control problem to tap into their utmost potential. I'm sounding pretentious. I mean, fuck, music right? was better when everyone was on heroin. I mean, come on. I know, I know, right? So if more actual play podcasters started doing cocaine and shooting cold brews into their eyeballs with syringes, we'd be fucking cool. And just for the record, in case anyone's sitting there listening to this being like, I should fucking do this and start a podcast. Don't do this. Don't do what the fuck I'm saying. 
because you're just not built for it like I am. And it's really, we're we're just being sarcastic. Yeah, we're. we're I just, think. I think. I don't know. Um, <laughs> slowly put down. The, slowly put down the syringe of cocaine mixed with cold brew. Ooh, Jesus Christ! Could you imagine how much shit we'd be releasing then? <laughs> well, it's good to be back for real today. What we're going to be talking about is perhaps my all-time like favorite clan and i i don't like saying it like this because i don't have like oh this is my favorite clan like it's a class in dungeons and dragons or anything but my favorite clan in vampire the masquerade for reasons i will share by far is the giovanni and um we're gonna be talking about the giovanni today we're gonna be talking about different things about the giovanni that we like we're gonna be just kind of diving into that but uh until then we're going to go ahead and take our first break here. We're going to do a couple lines of Coke, slam some fucking cold brew, kick some strippers out of our room, and continue to record this awesome podcast. Are you ready, Mitch? Go ahead and clean up your mess. Then. <laughs> what? 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 All right. What's going on? Just stay until after the break. <laughs> Talk to you later. Oh. Hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by, we hope to see you there all right we are back welcome back everyone so i mentioned earlier that perhaps by far my favorite clan in vampire the masquerade is the giovanni clan and the reason that i myself prefer the giovanni clan and i don't even want to say prefer like 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 okay i've never played a giovanni i've barely played vampire dark secret i've ran vampire more than i've played it but i i prefer like the concept of the giovanni clan and I swear to God, if I hear one motherfucker say, oh, you mean that mafia clan? I'm going to fucking lose my shit. But in all, no, in all seriousness, though, I like the Giovanni clan because I feel that at least up until the revised V20 era, the Giovanni were almost like a sect of their own. You know what I mean, Mitch? Like they, they were almost like this, this, this body that could survive away from either the Camarilla or the Sabbat, but yet exist in both if they chose to, you know, but they were like their own sect in a way. Well, they had to be after uh, the promise of 15, whatever it was. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, and I guess we'll, we'll kind of tie into, uh, and I'm going to simplify this and people please don't like, um, you know, all, all you purists out there, like Andrew's probably going to listen to this and be like, Oh my God, he got it wrong. But for the history, for those of you who don't know what the Giovanni clan in a nutshell are, and I'm simplifying this is they were a clan. They were a family of Venetian bankers who dabbled in black magic. And I think they have their ties all the way back to like Roman times. And they were, a, they were a family that was originally embraced 
and to a clan that was called the Cappadocian clan. You could actually play the Cappadocians in the Dark Ages game line. And the uh, Cappadocian were like a cl- the Cappadocians were a clan of death. And it was uh, it was rumored that they were brought over because they had the ability of necromancy, and that the founder of the Cappadocians wanted to bring them over now i'm not going to get too like i said in depth into the history there's a line of books called the giovanni chronicles that came out for vampire the masquerade that kind of tell this story but what ended up happening is the 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 patriarch of the giovanni family like uh pretty much like came up with this plan to betray the cappadocians to diabolize all their elders and to take their power and become a powerful clan i mean any, do you have anything to add to that but that's pretty much it in a nutshell they betrayed the clan that brought them over yeah well it depends on which you know version of the story you're paying attention to uh you know in the second ed clan book they talk about how they did it for the good of everyone else of course that's probably you know a little bit of bias there yeah but they were convinced that cappadocius was insane and that, yeah, yeah, so we often, because, you know, it's better for everyone that way. Yeah, you know, he was trying to become God, right? And we don't want a vampire trying to become God and cheat death. And it was for the, for it, it's like many things in vampire masquerade canon. It could, it's, do you depend on the narrator? Is the narrator unreliable? How do you choose to run with it? There's no clear cut answer. You know, there's people online who like one side or the other. But in reality, I, I feel what really ex- like pulled me into the concept of the Giovanni that made me enjoy it a lot was the fact that they were a secluded clan that basically at one point was just one family, the Giovanni where they embraced from within the family, but then eventually they brought in more uh, different mortal families so that they wouldn't, they pretty much were thinning out their own ranks. They were like, they didn't want to avoid, I assume avoid like inbreeding, which was occurring, but they also absorbed other mortal families and brought them into the ranks because of the abilities that are the influence that they had, you know, like you had the Dunsterns, the Putinescas, uh, the Milners, the Pissanobs. I think there's a couple more that I'm probably not naming, but I found like, with those different families, what I was able to see, like what, what I saw when I, when I read about those other families was basically Giovanni had their fingers into everything. You know, you had like the Milliners, which were a political family and in America, you had the Dunsterns, which were a Scottish banking family. You had the Pissanobs, which were a South American family. Uh, and there's a couple, uh, um, not the Pissanobs, excuse me. Yeah, the Pissanobs and then the Putinescas. I forgot what the, the Putinescas were out of Italy originally. I can't remember, but you know what yeah, I mean? I think like, they're just muscle. They're just muscle pretty much. They had a couple more. They had one family that was a that was a banker family or, or something like that that was in the, in the East. But you saw that they had all this influence around there. Now, like, do, are, do you have any aspects of the clans that you yourself, that of the clan that you yourself enjoyed or that kind of like drew you into it or made you a fan of them? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> Giovanni have always been one of my favorite clans to play. They're right up there with the Ravnos for me. I absolutely love the fact that they are kind of a sect unto themselves. And all of the different families are always competing and politicking with one another. And personally, I you know, have generally played milliners when it comes to the Giovanni. I had one milliner character that had the uh, sanguine incongruity merit. What's that? Please do tell what that is. Oh, that's the merit that makes them kind of a Cappadocian. Oh, where they look all pale and de- and deadly yep, like they, that? Yep, they look pale. They don't have the uh, Giovanni bite of doom, and it's a little bit easier for them to uh, feed. I played a creepy one of those. He was uh, 
necromancy specialist that I was very, very fond of. But, you know, even straight mainline Giovanni, they're great. There's just so many options, so many different ways you can go. You can do the Politico. You can do the creepy thought, you know, occultist. You can do the muscle. I, I just, I, th- I find, you know, I guess if I was to say, if someone was like, hey, Chris, what, why do you like the Giovanni so much? And I'll tell you this. I like the Giovanni because I find him scary as fuck. I find him scary as fuck. And I think any vampire clan is in its root scary. I really do. I think every clan from like the Bruja people are like, oh, the Bruja, they fight for right. No, the Bruja are ill-tempered motherfuckers who could rip your head off out of a passion and anger if you just look at them the wrong way. That's scary as fuck, you know? The Toreador, they're people who want to pretend they're humans and control human lives and then will fucking throw them away once they're done with them. That's scary as fuck. Every vampire clan in its root is scary, at least in my opinion. And, and and there's no good guys and vampire. You can have good intentions. You can want to try to do good things, but the beast is a son of a bitch and the beast will fucking be there all the time waiting for you to fuck up. But I do find, though, that the Giovanni, in a way, are different, scarier. They're not like the Shimaze where they can flesh crap, body whore type of shit. They're like not like the Bruja where they're in your face and they could just like fucking like lose it on you. But the Giovanni have like this multi-layered level like layered cake of horror that i like now of course you got necromancy and for those of you you know a lot of people like haha think about necromancy and they think like you know dungeons and dragons and oh who he raised a zombie go read some of those necromantic rituals that are in some of the revised books those things are fucking horrific dude like horrific they're like the 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 depravity that a uh, a giovanni clan member has to do and some of those rituals is is horrific and scary i i find it to be that way i don't know about anyone else listening but like the thought of just what they have to do to do that and then like the 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 different families they have and the different types of horrors like the fucking duncerns are cannibalistic bankers they're cannibal. They're they're cannibals. Like like oh, that's another thing that scares me. Fucking some distant Scottish rich asshole who eats people. You know what I mean? That oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean they're they've got a level four ritual that requires the kindred to flay someone. Yeah, it's not it's not clean and it's not wholesome and it's just this. It's so you know that's why whenever I hear someone go, oh, I got this mafia guy, I want to be a Giovanni. I'm like, dude, you're robbing yourself of like this horrific experience. Now, I myself, I don't know if I'll ever have the opportunity to play Giovanni, but by far, and for anyone who listens to Twin Cities by Night and listen to any of the Twin Cities by Night Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle that I run, will see how much I have thrown subtle Giovanni um influence in this is in there dude because i find them to be scary I mean, look, look at okay one of the main protagonists in twin cities by night is someone that's barely seen and has roman D- roman duncern a guy who only has been hinted at a little bit you've seen peek behind the curtain of what kind of monster he is and he's just a ghoul he's just serving a giovanni that's in the city you know there there's a there was a really powerful scene that we had where Andrew's character Lenny went to go to the house of Roman Dunstern and saw the wraith, the ghost of all these young boys that Roman Dunstern killed who are tied to that house to almost like protect it, to ensure that nothing happens to it. That's sad and scary to me. Just the thought that not only can you murder someone and put them through torture, but you're going to do that to enslave them for rest of eternity. You know, death is no escape. It's not, not with these guys at all. You know? So it's like you, and you think about like they're, they're, there's two very like horrific scenes and in, in books that I've read dealing with the Giovanni. One is the, the pretty brutal um, introduction for the, the second or the, excuse me, the, the first edition clan novel 
the the one that came out for second edition vampire the one with the snuff film yes that was, i just read that actually a day ago oh my god i haven't read that in years and it stuck with me right what does that say right you know like that that is one that i'm like that was tough you know to read that and then the uh the one in the revised edition one was a little bit more not so uncomfortable but you could see the machinations within this family where they had this gathering and like there's these mortal people who kind of might some might know what what the kindred members of their family are some might not some are basically what what's happening is they're having this gathering and people and these vampire these giovanni vampires are figuring out who they're going to bring in next and there's this and the way they handle it too right i love it i love it it's like it's almost like its own mini ivory tower in a way because it's like Oh, you're my. You want to embrace your great granddaughter? Well, to ensure peace in the class clan, I am not going to have you embrace your great granddaughter. I'm going to have your enemy embrace her. So now that you guys got to figure out a way to work, so you're not going to be at each other's throat, you know. <laughs> so like, there's all this like little power play that's within this very powerful, influential clan, you know. And you know, like, I don't know, Mitch, if you can add any insight to this, but like, what always amazes me is how they find a way up until V5, which I know has changed dramatically. They found a way to survive both in Camarilla and Sabat cities and not be flushed out by either of the two sects. Well, it's very easy to stay one step ahead of folks when you have invisible minions that can possess people and eavesdrop even during the daylight hours. You know, you sick a wraith on someone, chances are no other clan is going to be able to protect themselves, not even the Tremere. You know, they don't really specialize in necromancy. They have... Uh, a necromancy group within the clan Tremere. I think it's the House of High Saturday. But for the most part, you know, you attach a wraith to a Ventru and they're SOL. You know, you attach a wraith to a Zemitsi, same thing. You know, you just have a spy watching them all the time. Yeah, it's... Well, the thing too, it's just the whole... Okay, like I don't want to digress into another game too much, but the whole concept of wraith... I, I find Wraith, like, it's to me, like, I read Wraith 20, and I know some people have, like, issues with how it was put together, and I have no other history with Wraith, but the 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 concept of Wraith really pulls me, like, the sadness of Wraith, you know what I mean? Like, the, the, the depressive nature of Wraith really pulls me to it. And I, and I think the reason why I enjoy the Giovanni so much is because I think those are, that's an element also that that clan brings to this game. Of course, Vampire is a very depressing game, and I like it for that reason. But I like, for example, you mentioned the Tremere, and I know I'm going to probably get, you know, get burnt at the stake for this, but I'm not a huge Tremere fan. I mean, I don't hate the Tremere. I don't really hate any clan in Vampire, uh, but I just find that like the Tremere, I feel like Thaumaturgy got out of hand really quick, you know, like in Revised Edition. I don't know what it's like in Current Edition, but I I felt like Thaumaturgy just kind of went, but went nuts you know what i'm talking about you know what i mean mitch like with all the thousands of paths that they have you oh, know, yeah. Thaumaturgy. oh yeah it just got it just got too much it just got way too fucking much i think having the option i, I mean personally i'm a fan of thaumaturgy and i enjoy the fact that there are a lot of options for it but controlling it and restraining it really comes down to the storyteller and what they are and are not willing to allow in their game oh for sure and, and for sure i mean like i was really happy uh, not to digress too much, when you decide to play Thom- uh, to decide to play Tremere and and Dread in Twin Cities by night by Dread, because I finally got to kind of like get over my fear fear of thaumaturgy as a storyteller, you know, and just kind of like 
play with it a little bit, even though we didn't play with it too much. But you know what I mean? Like, just kind of like get to explore that side of the game. Wait. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we'll have fun in the next arc, I'm sure. But and of course, um, I don't have any thaumaturgy on the character sheet. Oh, no, I think I have one dot now. You got one dot now. Yeah. No spoilers, yeah. but yeah, you got one <laughs> dot now. <laughs> but uh, I feel, though, that necromancy, and this really sounds going to sound goofy, is a much more grounded, like, I hate using the term magic, but much more grounded magical ability that vampire has that the game has, you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like it's this fire hose of like different abilities and just going to shoot them at everyone. I I feel like you said, I feel it's a, it's a, I, I feel it's just a great story layer. And I feel that it is not something that, I mean, people could say, Oh, anything can get exploited in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess. Sure. But I think with, necromancy you don't have to worry about it like destroying your game you know like the vibe of your game and i like you said before as a storyteller it's on a storyteller whether or not they want to use the different paths of thaumaturgy but like i know that like i i want someone in my game to have necromancy i want someone to have it so that i can like explore all this crazy shit that i want to themes and stuff like that in the game you know with like wraiths and all that and with the shadowlands and and you know not not going to use those terms in my game but you know just that that death is not the end kind of vibe to a story oh yeah well one of the nice things about wraiths and necromancy is that the shroud is always a limiting factor so if someone does start to get a little kooky with it you can always say nope shroud's too strong in the area or you know there's so many other things in the underworld that could seriously screw up someone's day. You know, your wraith got eaten by a specter. Oh, for sure. well. Yeah, yeah. Like the Giovanni aren't masters at all of the of the, the Shadowlands. They're not like I mean, of course they know what they're doing, but they had the what was that called? The divulge, was it where they lost all those souls that they were saving up? And like they just kind of like they had where in um in the Shadowlands where that nuke went off and it kind of like had all these effects in different games oh the maelstrom the last one yeah and where like the where the giovanni lost all their souls and they had no idea that was coming you know so even though there are powerful giovannis they're still not experts at all in the in the shadowlands so like yeah you can it's a real it's a mystery in its end i just i i as a a, you know like unless we can kind of get into some tips here on like how storytellers or players can kind of use it but i know as like a storyteller I really just like to use it to show like there's something out there that's completely different. You know, there's a lot of horror you can explore in vampire. Uh, there's the loss of humanity. There's the beast. There's the machinations of elders. There's not being in control of anything around you. There's losing everything that's close to you, this, that, and the third. But then there's just times where, Oh, that's fucked. And uh, like I said before, that scene that I had with Lenny and, and dread where he kind of saw all the ghosts of the children, he started piecing together. That was ghosts of children. And he saw that. And then he had the emotional breakdown in the street when he ran off. I mean, this is a Nosferatu, you know, who's seen some pretty fucking horrendous shit and seeing that broke him down emotionally, you know, and um, even doing that, I even used it in a different effect in wars on fire where, uh, and you're in that game where the pack went to go confront that pissing off thinking they're just going to destroy him. And all of a sudden had that wraith attacking them. And they were like, and you could see how Coyote, uh, Alex's character was panicking because he felt like he couldn't stop this thing. And he was so used to just being able to, you know, and maul whatever you wanted to. And there's this thing like just attacking his pack leader and his pack priestess, and he can't do anything about it. And it was this feeling of helplessness, you know, while it was going on. What about you? Do you have any tips on how people can use the Giovanni as like a storyteller or a player or anything to that extent? 
Absolutely. I think they're a great way to balance things out in a game. So if you've got a very combat-focused pack, you could easily use the Giovanni as a mindfuck villain, thanks to Dominate, a weird occulty villain, thanks to the Wraiths. Conversely, if you have this academic pack, you could always throw in a Giovanni to balance it out by making them a thug, you know, the muscle, what have you. There's a lot of opportunities there. Plus, just diving into, you know, maybe a Giovanni needs their help. Something went wrong with a ritual, and now there's an angry Risen on the loose who is solely out to kill the Giovanni or fuck something else up. Kill all kindred. Angry Risen, a.k.a. the crow. They keep calling me. No. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, imagine the villains from the crow as a Sabat pack. Oh, Jesus, right? Yeah, that's a good... I never thought Iggy, <laughs> Iggy Pop as the Sabat, man. Fucking A, that is so punk rock. You know, like, one thing that uh, MP, that I tried to do with uh, Giovanni, and actually, there's only been one scene where, like, an actual Giovanni has been in any of our games uh, uh, or any of the things I've ran. That was that really quick, short scene in Wars on Fire where Rita Giovanni was in there and Dunstern was with her in Juarez. And Rita's name's been mentioned plenty of times in Twin Cities by Night. She just hasn't been seen, you know? And so what I have been doing in the game is I take the different families and have ghouls of these different families. So we have seen Dunstern, obviously. They saw the two Putinesca brothers, uh, which had a shot out in Slasher Flick. I don't know if you listened to that, but Slava gave a shot out. Uh, but there were these two... Uh, brothers who they weren't the mafioso types or whatever they're just normal college type kids who were um like doing small arm sales and having you know just like kind of like more like jesse from breaking bad and you can see i even had uh the pissing and Juarez, but you can see where these people are tools of some powerful elder or whomever may be sitting in the background and, and nothing brings me more joy than the fact that the two most hated people in our and Twin Cities by Night Chronicle are ghouls, you know, Max and Roman, you know, but Jesus, wait until we meet their masters. I, that's why, yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost did, but you jumped off the building, you damn bastard. <laughs> but, anyways, um, I, I think that you Warren's can. Warren's been through a lot. Come on. Yeah, he has been. Warren's a tortured soul. I, I do feel bad. Suicide is probably the best option for him. Well, yeah, I mean, hey, we digress too much, but for people listening, yeah. to Dread, look at what happened to Valentine. Valentine ended up going there, you know, so poor Valentine. Yeah, true. But, uh, my point being is like you can take these different elements of these stories. You don't have to just have a Giovanni who's just gonna be like, hey, "Yo, I'm a Giovanni. I'm here for ghosts." You know, no, you can like you can have them be the subtle thing from the shadows that doesn't even show themselves because they have influence. That's what I'm trying to get a get my point. I was trying to get to there. They have influence and in a lot of things. Politics. There's a there's a there's a opening or there's a line in the revised Giovanni book where they, uh, they're talking about the milliners and the milliners were talking about how happy they were. Cause they have a hatred for the Kennedys and how happy they were that when JFK died and supposedly one of them has like JFK's skull and a trophy case or something like that, they implied he might've been responsible for JFK's assassination. So it's like, you see these different types of influence. They have banking and all this stuff because the reason why is cause they're trying to, they're, they're trying to build their empire and there's more, which we're not getting into in-depth reasons why they're doing that. But for a nutshell, they're almost as powerful as the Camarilla in V20 and, and prior. But now in V5, and I don't know, Mitch, if you've been reading up too much on V5 on what they've been doing with the Giovanni or not, but they're coming out. Uh, they're pretty much, what from what it sounds like, the Giovanni were, were heavily damaged in one form or another. Do you know anything about that? 
I've heard bits and pieces. Um, it's my understanding that they're really going to go in depth in that with the next book, Cults of the Blood Gods, I think. Yeah, Cult, Cults of the Blood Gods, which sounds so fucking metal. You know, uh, I, I, it sounds like that they're trying to take like all the death clans and merge them together. And for anyone listening who's involved in that or who are fans, I'm not trying to downplay. I just am not too up on the know on what's going on. With that, I'm kind of just waiting for the book to come out. I ha- I still haven't read V5. Nothing against V5. It's just been hella busy. And I didn't get my books till seven months after everyone else. So it kind of prevented me from you know, being able to read it. But uh, my point being is, it sounds like they're fundamentally changing the clan and v5 so if everything i've listened to if you're playing v5 i mean you can still do it if you want to do it uh but from what it sounds like they're taking all these different like i think like the harbingers of skulls which are the cappadocians supposedly who came back i don't know if that was ever officially explained and they're they're the sabat cappadocians more yeah, or yeah. less yeah and then you have the Semedi and and all that stuff they're kind of like it sounds like they're just making a clan of death which will be interesting you know i kind of like to be honest with you i went from kind of mildly not even really wanting to read v5 to like wanting read that uh the i was saying this last night on our discord that uh, calls of the blood god just because it that's what it pulls me you know so i might have to read v5 for that to get to it so um all in all giovanni are a great fucking clan uh don't do the misjustice of treating them just like some godfather shit and really try to explore some awesome awesome horrific stuff that you can explore with it and it doesn't even have to be edgelord that's the amazing thing about it it can be very subtle horror that you can run with the giovanni um but ghosts ghosts are some scary shit you can read some ha- uh hunting on hill house you could by shirley uh jackson you could read like watch six Sense. what dude there's so many different awesome material out there that you can use i mean it could even be a political influence based game you may never meet the giovanni in person yeah but I mean, their influence could seriously be screwing someone left and right I mean, think about that. That's what I've been doing in Twin Cities by Night. With, and this has been Dunstan, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> like with banking and, and all that shit. And all Is that, that a spoiler? Um, no, no, no spoiler. <laughs> I haven't even thought that far. I'm just all in UE. And mentioning uh, games and other stuff, we're going to take our next break, and then we'll come back. And we'll talk about what we have up on the horizon. So stay tuned. All right. On the horizon. On the horizon. <laughs> High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. (laughs) All right, everyone, and welcome back. So, what do we have on the horizon? Well, first things first, before we talk about what we have on the horizon, there's a couple things I want to say. Uh, first of all, thank you to our Patreons. Thank you so much to our Patreons. Now, I'm, I am not begging anyone to sign up to be our Patreon, but I'm thanking those of you who have because of you guys. Quinn not only has a full setup Blue Yeti, but now Mitch also has a full setup Blue Yeti, which is four people of our gang now have Blue Yeti mics out of the 10. So we're almost there, guys. We're getting there. Our goal is to get uh, everyone set up to kind of just continually try to improve. That's how I view Twin Cities by Night. There's always something that can be improved. And so that's what we're going for now. So thank you again. If you would like to give to our Patreon, you can find us on uh, Patreon at Twin Cities by Night. And so, uh, yeah, and we don't have any kind of like anything behind a paywall or 
any of the jazz like that. We don't have any tier thing. If you want to give a dollar, you can give a dollar. If you want to give more, you can give more, whatever. If Even if you don't give, as long as you're, you're listening to us, we appreciate you doing that. And that means a lot. So thank you. On another note, tied to this thing that all of us podcasters do, if you could leave reviews for us on like iTunes or on our Facebook page or on anything that you can leave reviews. I know it's a pain in the ass, trust me, but reviews help. Reviews may, There's a lot of people who will not give a podcast a chance unless they see that people have liked it previously. And we are thankful for the people who have given us the ton of reviews that we have on iTunes. Uh, we just, more would help, especially with our Facebook page. Now we're trying to make our Facebook page grow even more. We are also on Discord. Check out our Discord. Stop on by where all the players are there. I'm there. There's chats going on. There's even fucking, um, <laughs> there's even exotic, uh, uh, ero- excuse me, exotic erotica of, of Wars on Fire fanfic, which I never thought I would ever fucking hear about. Um, supposedly there's something in the works about like a a, a charity thing being put together where if we like garner a certain amount of money for some charity, I'll read that shit, which I still don't know if I can, I will do because I, uh, Oh dude, Mitch, what the fuck? There's there's fucking, there's porn with your character. That was an old man. dude. Like, I don't get it. Well, you know, it's the internet, Chris, it's the internet. I'm fucking blushing even thinking about it. And that's why everyone's getting a fucking reaction, dude. Just how like, don't forget bronies are a thing. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. You know, not hate on bronies, but just saying like, man, if you want two old fucking vampires fucking each other, I guess you're going to have it in fiction form. So not to we be- all have our fetishes. Yeah, for sure, man. You do you, man. Um, but about yeah. those cold brew enemas. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So who am I to judge? <laughs> um, but yeah, so what do we have coming up? So next weekend we have the ultimate evil two institutionalized coming up which i'm super fucking excited for like listen and i hate i I really really am trying to be selective when i talk about my passion about like the stuff that we do because i don't want to sound like a douchebag and i don't want to sound like a pretentious asshole but like from like mid war is on fire from like the middle of wars on fire onto to like when we started dread i felt like okay like i'm getting comfortable at this like a, a little behind the scenes i was my biggest self-doubter with negligence homecoming and ultimate evil remembrance and the beginning of wars and then in the middle of wars i was like fuck dude we got something here going and then like at the middle of dread i was just like my confidence started growing dude and i'm very confident as a storyteller now i'm not saying i'm good i'm not saying whatever i'm just saying that like now the confidence that i feel motivates me more to even like try to better what i'm doing as a storyteller uh that led me to do ghouls fatal addiction servitude um and now with ultimate evil and i really am digging the story of because i feel like for those of you who don't know um the ultimate evil for me personally is a huge homage to like the town that my parents came from and a town i lived in for about four years as a child and so there's a lot of like memories there and a lot of like people i'm giving homage to who inspired npcs there and a lot of also like stuff in the horror genre that i feel like i can get creative with with real things that take place in that city so i'm really excited about that you're going to be there you weren't there last time you're going to be back there playing alex i'm really excited to like touch up on upon alex again with that too man yeah the poor poor kid well yeah i mean for those of you who, who have not listened to ultimate evil um you can go back and listen to Remembrance, which was the first story arc, or you can actually, if you don't want to go back and listen to that, you can listen to the prelude where Mitch here recorded a journal of Alex and him recapping what had happened. And that journal entry was super like 
super sad for me. Like I, I listened to that. I'm like, God damn, dude, that music that I was able to find for it. I had a different music that was all upbeat. And I was like, man, and then I randomly found that song. And it's just like, whoo. And those couple of those lines you gave, man, were kind of like shit. Like we're pretty powerful there. So I'm excited to touch upon that. We really hit our groove that last session. So good. Yeah, stuff. I had a lot of fun putting that together. Dude, that was fun, man. It was really free for me. For people who don't know, that wasn't really scripted, that prelude. That was prelude was pretty much me and Tillman sitting here with Mitch. And we're like, all right, so let's talk about what happened in the game. And we're like, okay, yeah, this was like the first scene where this happened. And Mitch would be like, okay. And then he would think for a couple of seconds and he would just shoot it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then we're like, all right, cool. All right, this happened next. And then he would sit there for a couple of seconds. All right. And then he would just shoot it out, you know? So it wasn't really scripted. It was just us saying, this is what happened in the game. Put it into your own words. And that's kind of how that happened there. And that was pretty cool. And I, I would like to try that in different games that I run again. So if you have a list. diary. Yeah, yeah, for real, man. So I'm excited. That that's going to be next Sunday. Uh, for the uh, So I'm really excited to get back to that. And then after that, we are going to try to do Chronicles of Darkness, Inferno, Temptation. Um, for those of you who don't know, it's a game we started a while ago. But due to just conflicting schedules, we haven't been able to do it. Uh, but we might be able to do it then next. Uh, that is a game where it takes place in the 15th century Hussite Wars. Uh, I actually play in that game with Craig and Tillman and Quinn. And it's an interesting concept where Slavic basically kind of took the premise of Wraith where you have a Wraith and a shadow, but instead he took the premise of where you have two mortals and then you have two demons who possess them. And I played one of the mortals. I played brother Jan. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. I, I mean, kudos, like, like here's the thing that, <laughs> I never thought I would be saying like three years ago when we started this, I never thought I'd be like fucking Quinn and Slavic are killing it as storytellers. You know, they're brand new to role playing, bro. They like were brand new and now they're running games and these one shots are just fucking amazing. So it's really awesome to say that like Slavic is just this really great storyteller. Like Tillman said it best to me in private. He said that first session of temptation felt like early game of Thrones where it was like serious and gritty and just all this shit. And, and um, you know, again, we're not trying to compare ourselves, but just the vibe and all that shit, you know, it was really, really fucking cool. And then after that, well, we are trying to piece together demon, the fallen fragments, which you guys just wrapped up a session last week, which is getting released as we are recording this. And we did that. We did. Yeah. How are you feeling about that? You liking it? You're getting back into the, it's been a while since we ran it. Dude, I felt so freaking rusty starting that session up. Yeah. It wasn't until we got towards the end where I really found my stride again. Hopefully, if we can do that, you know, get back into a monthly with it, I'll yeah, be much better off. You'll be, you'll, yeah, for sure, man. That's just the part of doing this. I mean, dude, how many? I mean, we've have 319 episodes that are almost out and you multiply that by three over a hundred sessions we've had of different games that we've ran for our stuff. We're running games every weekend almost, you know? So it's, it's, it's something that uh, it's something that, um, you know, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in having, if you, because we kind of, we, what, what people don't realize is the reason why there were so many episodes of demon that happened was because we had to pause hunters hunted too, because, uh, someone in the group had to travel for work and so we're like oh well let's start this demon game up so we ran demon and then that person came back and then we wrapped up hunters hunter 2 now that hunters hunter 2 is done 
boom, we're back to demon. And that's an inside peek into uh, how we do shit. Twin Cities by night, if anyone's ever wondering. It's a lot of like, oh shit, let's, we got to fill this hole. We got to fill this hole. And we're usually like scrambling a lot to do it. So uh, there's other, some other things coming down the pipeline too. Uh, there's probably going to be more one shots. I know Craig has been talking about doing uh, some Delta Green, more Call of Cthulhu one shots. If you haven't listened to any of our Call of Cthulhu one shots, you can listen to Cold Harvest, My Little Sister Will Make You Suffer, or the new one that just came out, The Derelict, which was fucking amazing balls derelict was so fucking good dude like i listened to that and i was like oh this is fucking good and then um we just released a new slasher flick uh one shot recently if you haven't listened to that slasher flick is an awesome funny game where each player plays three different characters quinn has been crushing it with that and uh i've been i got i want to get uh there's a there's two one shots that uh, i'm trying to plan out one is that sabat one that takes place in 1987 uh and then um, I forgot what I called that one. I had a name for that, but um, I can't remember the name for it. And then another one that I'm thinking about, a little peek behind the curtain for you Twin Cities by Night Dread listeners, but I'm thinking about playing, uh, uh, running a one-shot for Wraith and having it where the players play Renegade Wraiths who are stuck following the NPC Donald around because they were victims of his before Valentine got him. For those who don't know, Donald's that serial killer uh that valentine caught and kind of made a ghoul and uh yeah they'll be playing race that are tied to this guy and go wherever he goes or follow him or in that general area so i'm you know there's always stuff being worked on and then we got the brian diaries coming up so that's that man and that's do you got anything to add mr mitch the man of many voices it sounds like you got everything planned out nice and neat we try yeah you nice and neat shit (laughs) (laughs) it's all fucking it's all google uh google calendars and moving shit around man and fucking hoping for the best and everyone being dying i mean for peak another peak behind the curtain for those you don't know man these one shots now like they're we get them out smooth now like someone will have one they want to run becca the queen of fucking thumbnails will come up with a thumbnail we'll record a fucking intro boom run the game edit it push it out there so it's kind of crazy how much our output now is a lot different so it's kind of cool so on that note if you guys wish to contact us you can find us on twitter at twin underscore cities underscore vtm i don't know why i still have that vtm underneath there when we play so much more now but uh you can find us on twitter if you want to if you want to ask us questions at, hit me up on there hit me up on discord we are on instagram we're trying to we, we we decide to focus on our facebook try to get our facebook banging uh so you can hit us up and follow us on facebook there too uh, other than that mitch um do you got that syringe of coke with you the cocaine coffee no well the syringe of coke do you got that with you probably do you got that cold brew you ready to mix it up oh hell yeah you ready to do this should we stop record probably should we take it to some dark sides all right we're gonna go now guys so we'll talk this to you later all evidence that's all evidence <laughs> bye-bye <laughs> The Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The Central District is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why?
why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles an exploding city? Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Roleplayers Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more.